Welcome everyone to the New Retina Radio Journal Club with the Vitbuckle Society, VBS. I'm your moderator, Yoshi Yonekawa from Will's Eye Hospital in Philadelphia. So today I'm joined by some uh, big shot retina specialists from the Vitbuckle Society and going in reverse alphabetical order because I'm always at the end of the alphabet. So I'm trying to start a new trend here. Uh, first, Dr. Paula uh, Peason from Carolina Eye Associates, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Paula. Hello. All right. Second, we have Dr. Anton Orland from Royal Cornell Medical College in New York City, uh, where I was a med student. Welcome, Anton. Thanks for having me. And lastly, Dr. Ajay Kurian, one of my awesome partners at Will's Eye Hospital and Mid-Atlantic Retina in Philadelphia. Welcome, Ajay. Thanks for having me, Yoshi. Okay, so just a few notes on our mission today. We're going to uh, briefly summarize an important new article in our field and to have a discussion with our esteemed panelists. And today we're going to discuss DRCR.net's protocol W. So the official title of the paper is Effect of Anti-VEGF versus Sham for Prevention of Vision-Threatening Complications of Diabetic Retinopathy, the Protocol W uh, Randomized Clinical Trial. The lead author is Raj Maturi on behalf of the DRCR uh, Retina Network. And this paper was published uh, March of this year in 2021 in JAMA Ophthalmology. So uh, just a quick comment, but uh, I don't know how you all keep track of all the DRCR alphabet soup, uh, but I personally like to think of associations like protocol V recently that was looking at eyes with uh, very good vision. So I remember V for very good and protocol AB, that was another recent one. So, you know, this study group is in, on a roll and where they looked at anti-VEGF versus early vitrectomy for vitreous hemorrhage. Uh, so for that protocol, protocol AB, I think of A for anti-VEGF and B for like an Asian pronunciation for vitrectomy. And I'm not sure what I'm gonna do for pro protocol W though. So help me out with this. Okay, so first let's kick it over to Paula to summarize the premise and the methodology of this paper. So, you know, looking at um, the background or the premise of the Panorama study that protocol W was written in, uh, the Panorama study looked at a flibercept or two milligrams of ILEA injections given either every month for five months and then two, every two months thereafter, or versus every month for three months and every four months thereafter compared to sham injections in patients with moderate to severe NPDR and looked at um, the rates of development of severe um, vision threatening outcomes at two years and found that basically either 19 or 16 percent developed vision threatening outcomes in this patient group versus 50% with sham injections. So there was a decrease in vision threatening outcomes in patients with severe NPDR at two years. However, there is no significant change in vision loss in these patients, um, or there's no significant change in visual acuity in these patients at two years. Thus, protocol W was written to help try to find out longer term visual change in outcomes at two and then four years, as well as changes in outcomes. And, decreased visual acuity um, threatening complications like center involving DME or PDR. And thus uh, patients with moderately severe or severe NPDR were recruited to the study with good visual acuity, but better than 2025 visual acuity, type one or type two diabetes and over the age of 18, who don't have any history of NV on a fluorescent angiogram, a history of PRP, and no recent injections given for DME or a diabetic retinopathy in the past one year. Patients were randomly assigned one-to-one -to, -one to injections either with sham injections or two milligram flibercept injections 
given at all visit time points from zero, one, two, and four months, and then every four months thereafter for uh, up to two years, and then continued from the two to four year time mark. However, injections were then held if the level of diabetic retinopathy was mild and PDR or better. And ultimately, 328 participants were randomized with 399 eyes. And of course, rescue injections were also given if patients developed center involving DME that led to 10 letter vision loss at one visit or five to nine letter vision loss that reported at two consecutive visits or if a high risk PDR developed. Awesome, thank you for that nice description of the methods, uh, Paula. So Anton, what were the main results of this study? Uh, yeah, so this was another excellent study from the DRCR network. Uh, regarding their primary outcome, uh, they did find that a flibercept works, so it prevents these potential uh, diabetic vision-threatening complications, DME and PDR. Uh, so the two-year probability of developing either center-involving DME with vision loss or PDR was decreased in uh, the flibercept group, so 16.3% uh, versus 43.5% with uh, sham injections favoring a flibercept. Uh, breaking it down further, a flibercept worked at preventing either one of these complications, uh, so the probability of developing PDR was uh, decreased in the flibercept group from 13% uh, to 33% in uh, the sham group, more than a two-fold reduction. Uh, and it also prevented center-involving DME with vision loss, which was 4% uh, about in the flibercept group versus 14.8% uh, uh, in the sham group, which is more than a, a three-fold reduction. Uh, but despite these decreases in uh, these complications, um, the prevention injections didn't really translate into uh, an improved uh, vision benefit in the cefalibercept group, uh, specifically at the two-year endpoint when comparing it to the sham group uh, uh, who were offered treatment with rescue therapy once a uh, patient developed one of these complications. So the mean change from baseline was similar between both groups at two years. Uh, the flibercept group lost 0.9 letters compared to uh, losing two letters with the sham group and many of the other vision outcomes as well were, were similar in terms of uh, final visions um, or letters gained or lost. And, uh, you know, as was mentioned, we're still waiting on uh, the four-year data to see, you know, what the results are in, in more of a long-term uh, follow-up. Uh, thanks, Anton, for that uh, nice summary of the results. So before we take a quick break, Ajay, can you tell us about your, your initial quick reactions to the paper? Thanks, Yoshi. First of all, those awesome summaries by Paula and Anton uh, always helps to frame these uh, papers with um, these uh, interesting protocols. But for looking at this paper, my first reaction is that we see that there's a similar vision outcome for these patients. So even though we can definitely reduce the diabetic score, decrease the center involving edema and progression to PDR, we're still not seeing uh, a difference in the final outcomes when you compare it to the arm that's getting rescue treatment. And so it really underscores to me the importance of follow-up for these patients. And, you know, I definitely recognize that these patients are being followed much more often and with a, a much greater degree of scrutiny than we might be able to in our clinics compared to like a reading center that's looking at these seven field photos. Um, but that being said, at this point, without being able to see a clear difference in visual acuity for these patients, I think the biggest take home for me is that I need to follow some of these patients a lot more closely than I would have otherwise. Um, 
in terms of like changing my practice pattern and things like that, I think um, there is certainly a very small subset of folks that I, I think about actively encouraging them to um, try anti-VEGF at this stage for NPDR patients. Um, but a lot of times I use it more as sort of like a, an explanation of options for the patients and hope that, that scaring them, talking about a needle in the eye, will get them to really be much more adherent with their follow-ups and with their compliance for their sugar controls to, to try to continue on them, hope that they don't progress. Uh, great points, Ajay. Thank you very much. We're going to be right back now after a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about this paper more in detail and also how our panelists treat their own patients with severe NPDR in their own practices. Welcome back to the New Retina Radio Journal Club with BBS. I'm Yoshi Onikawa here with Paula Pisin, Anton Orlin, and Ajay Kurian. So team, uh, let's talk more about this paper, Protocol W. Let's start with Paula. What was your initial reaction after reading this really uh, you know, uh, important paper? Was it good, bad, or ugly, and why? You know, I think a lot of the DRCR uh, net protocols are very well thought out. and. I do respect the um, DRCRNet looking into this, especially since we see so many positive outcomes with anti-VEGF therapy in our patients with um, severe proliferative diabetic retinopathy, and we rely on, it so on these injections so heavily in general in our practices, in our medical and surgical retina practices. Um, but you know, I do have some um, uh, misgivings about kind of, uh, kind of weighing the risks and benefits of intravitreal injections in patients with good vision at baseline sort of like protocol um, patients in protocol B with very good vision, especially patients had similar visual levels of visual acuity in this protocol W. And, you know, it's hard to reconcile doing injections to prophylactically prevent something that not every patient will develop. And even patients with the intravitreal anti-VEGF therapy in protocol W, it wasn't a guarantee that all patients would prevent development of center involving DME or PDR given that those, some patients, you know, up to 16% still develop some of these complications. Great points. Anton, what was your uh, gut reaction here? Uh, you know, like most of the studies that they, they put out, it's an important one. Um, you know, it's good to now have data uh, and results for what kind of effect preventative flibrocept has in this specific patient cohort. Uh, you know, with that being said, I have mixed feelings about the results and what kind of immediate impact it's going to have uh, on clinical practice. On one end, uh, you know, it works in, in terms of preventing diabetic complications such as edema and PDR, which is obviously a good thing and important to show, uh, but it just didn't translate into significant vision benefit in this cohort at two years when compared to rescue therapy once the problem uh, arises. So again, uh, interesting to see what the four-year results are going to show uh, and whether we do see a vision benefit. Um, you know, and as, as Ajay had mentioned, another uh, very important comment is that the compliance and, com and then completion rates in this study uh, were extremely high, over 80% uh, for the long-term visits. And this is important because we can provide rescue therapy earlier on when a problem such as PDR first arises, uh, these patients still seem to do okay. So, uh, you know, of course, in clinical practice, um, we may not have such high compliance rates. And this study just emphasizes uh, the importance of that. Great. Let's kick it back to Ajay now. Uh, what do you think some of the limitations are uh, of the study design for this paper? And what do we not know yet that you would want to know if you were designing a future study? Thanks, Yoshi. So I think that they did a really good job of 
answering the question that they wanted to answer. I think the, the methods were very well designed. Um, in terms of the limitations, you know, we certainly wonder whether the results from the aflibercept that they're looking at is applicable to other anti-VEGF agents. Um, but in terms of what else we want to know and look at, I think uh, we still don't have any good data about whether anti-VEGF provides any disease-modifying effects for these patients. And so it'll be really interesting to see if we can get our hands on the data for the OCTAs or FAs on these patients to see if there's any decrease in non-perfusion progression. We know that there hasn't been any data showing reperfusion for these patients, but perhaps there can be some modification on the non-perfusion um, that's found in these patients. And the other thing is that we want to see what happens to these patients once they go off protocol. Does having this four-year period of a very regimented treatment um, with anti-VEGF change their long-term outcomes compared to these patients who are on PRN? Um, I think the four-year data is going to be really huge, but then seeing what happens afterwards once they're off the protocol will also be really interesting. Great points, Ajay. So let's move our conversation now to our clinic. And uh, let's start with Paula. What's your personal current practice pattern when you have patients patients with a severe NPDR? Yeah, so I think based on the results of Protocol W, I do bring up the fact that injections are a possibility to help decrease risks of complications and vision threatening outcomes. However, you know, somewhat similar to um, offering injections versus laser or PRP, like in protocol S, you know, every patient is different and every patient has somewhat different outlooks and um, uh, levels of aggressiveness in terms of therapy. Some patients want every treatment available to try to save their vision or prevent loss of vision. And some patients are more laissez-faire and some patients just need to be scared and scared straight and say, okay, I'm gonna get my blood sugars and my blood pressure under better control. I'm gonna exercise, stop smoking. And so um, I will give them this information, but I'm not going to try to push patients into prophylactic anti-VEGF therapy unless a patient is um, wanting to undergo those risks of injections despite having good visual acuity at this time point. I am, though, anxiously awaiting the four-year results and then potentially longer follow-up results after stopping all anti-VEGF therapy to see if there are longer-term outcomes that may be sustained after anti-VEGF therapy. Got it. So a pretty individualized treatment uh, uh, regimen that you recommend. Anton, what do you do in New York City? Uh, so, you know, similar things. Of course, each patient is different. Uh, typically with moderate to severe NPDR without edema or vision loss, you know, I'll typically observe these patients closely uh, and have them come back for follow-up uh, every four to five months or so. Um, you know, with protocol W, I think it's really nice to have results to share with the patients. Uh, it's important to show the decrease in complication rates with uh, preventative injection therapy, but, you know, it just didn't lead to improved visual outcomes at, at two years uh, compared to the rescue therapy. And because of that, uh, you know, I'm not sure what kind of impact it's, it's really going to have, um, you know, whether I'm going to start treating uh, more and more of these patients. Uh, obviously, we still have to weigh uh, the potential risks of injections, the potential treatment burden that patients may face. Uh, and at the very least, I do plan on incorporating at least the data uh, from protocol W into my discussion with patients uh, when going through this risk benefit um, analysis uh, to treatment. And, you know, it's really going to depend on how motivated and compliant the patient is, uh, whether we move forward with, with injections or not. 
Got it. So Ajay, you started talking about this in the first half, but uh, what do you do in your clinic? You know, we're in the same practice, but we all have different approaches to things. And mainly, I want to know the reason why when I end up seeing one of your patients, they're totally in love with you, and they won't stop <laughs> raving about Dr. Kurian. What's your secret there? It's mostly because I tell them how they could get an injection, but I'm choosing to observe them instead. And so... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I agree completely with Anton and Paula, where at this point with the given data for me, I'm definitely not um, actively encouraging it in most patients. There's a small subset where I see like very aggressive progression between like one visit to the next where I think about it a little bit more. I've had one patient actually request it because his other eye is getting injections and he just openly admits that he's just not going to control the sugars. And so he knows what his, what his good eye is going to go to based on what his other eye was. And so he just wants to get injections. Um, you know, all that being said, it's, it's definitely few and far between for patients with just NPDR that I'm injecting. Um, I think like a total of less than three patients that I I'm actually doing this for. But I think that there's a huge benefit in talking about this and seeing these percentages that we can quote for the risk of progression. And I think that that definitely has the possibility for improving some of the adherence um, to both follow up as well as to the diabetic regimen. And, you know, these injections are not without risk. Three patients in this study developed endophthalmitis. And so that's a legitimate concern in these like very well-seeing patients. Well said. Uh, Paula, do you think that uh, do you predict that your practice patterns will evolve the next couple of months or a year or so based on these data? I don't know if it'll evolve over the next couple of months or a year, but I think awaiting the results of the four-year outcomes from this study will be a little bit more conclusive to see if there really are any differences in the level of visual acuity more longer term. Um, I think that's maybe when I might make more changes or change my practice patterns. But right now, I'm mostly closely observing like Anton and Ajay. Got it. And uh, Anton, any final thoughts about this interesting topic? Uh, no, just uh, waiting for the four-year results. Got it. And Ajay, final thoughts? Uh, same here. And I'm really excited to see the FA or OCTA data for these patients. Okay. We all want more data. So excellent. Thanks so much to uh, Paula, Anton, Ajay for their uh, sharing their expertise. And thanks to all the listeners for tuning in to New Retina Radio Journal Club with Vitbuckle Society. And please stay tuned for more episodes uh, where we break down the hottest papers in our field. And we have uh, fun discussions like we did today. And everyone can uh, download this podcast along with previous and future episodes. Follow New Retina Radio. Uh, also check out Vitbuckle Society on our website, vitbucklesociety.org. Uh, apply for membership and you can also catch the video version of this podcast on itube.net which is as everyone knows a wonderful uh, resource in our field so please stay tuned for future episodes thanks everybody thanks